Destined sphincter of destiny. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome in to this 168th edition of uh, Fusebox. I'm your moving the goalpost just as fast as I can host, Mark Rose, and over there, defender of the little guy. <laughs> The Grand Vizier of uh, Volume Attenuation. Milk Canes, everybody. Thank you kindly. So, uh, Thimble Rig? Uh, yeah, you like that? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not sure I know. Oh, well, that, I would have expected that, actually. Uh, it's actually more commonly known as uh, a shell game. Yes, you are correct, sir. Uh, the thing there is, on uh, many occasions, the aforementioned thimble rigger has actually palmed the pea before it was uh, seemingly placed under a cup or shell, as it were. Therefore, no matter what cup you select, it will not be there until he or she skillfully replaces it. Well, it does take a little skill. Oh, yeah. Hell, sure does. It's kind of a sleight-of-hand technique that is uh, more commonly found in the domain of magic tricks. Gotcha. So the recent voting regulations that are happening. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. Yes, friends, we're all being played. Again. Yeah, the buzzword these days is optics. Yeah, and uh, we've chatted about that uh, on a recent program. Well, you know, the optics of this legislation... Kind of looks like your thimble rig game. Precisely so, Mr. Keynes, uh, hence the title. There is some uh, big-time shenanigans going on in, um, well, let's just call a pangolin a pangolin. In mostly Republican states across the country to uh, restructure the voting regulations and in many cases, uh, if not all, restrict many folks, particularly uh, folks of color, from actually voting at all. Well, because we all know Second people turn out to actually vote, Republicans lose. Well, you know what? There's uh, more than one set of statistics out there to uh, back that up, Mr. Keynes. Yeah, I saw that uh, governor of Georgia, uh, what's his name, uh, Kemp? Yeah, that is he. Yeah. Well, he was just doing the sleazy, oh, I'm so offended, you call this thing racist bit. Yeah, I love that. Also, the claim that uh, there are positively millions of people concerned about the safety of the vote. Yeah, no, the only ones I know that seem to be concerned were the politicians who lost. The people who uh, voted, well, they're, they're okay with the security, which, by the way, 
there was a 99.97% less fraud and funny business going on in that election there than there is currently in the average credit card transaction. Yeah, it just seems to me that these cats are really just talking out of both sides of their neck. They don't give one shit for what their constituents truly want. Well, it would mean they'd have to stop filling their own pockets and actually listening for once. Holy carp, that's crazy talk, man. Yeah, these days it certainly is. So, in uh, this edition of the show, we're going to take a look at uh, some uh, flim-flamming going on, and uh, not only in the case of voting rights, but uh, also in that uh, pesky gun control issue that uh, comes up yet again and again and again. And one more again, again. Yeah. As well as uh, some more entries from down south in the you-just-can't-make-this-stuff-up department. Well, you know, it, it is too early to be taking that victory lap down there unless they want to run into the grave. Some might argue that just might be a public service. <laughs> <laughs> Back in a flash, just as soon as I lawyer up. Our amazing electronic central office will take it from there. TheFuseBoxShow.com Okay, so there is uh, a lot of lip flap going on about this uh, voting rights thing, and rightly so. It's a disastrous course to be taking. So here are a few of the rules that uh, at least Georgia is enacting. And as you know, there's 40-some other states that are uh, looking at rules very similar to this. Uh, One of these new rules, allow for unlimited challenges to a voter's registration. So that's just going to help to sort of uh, racially profile voters and uh, kind of knock them off the, the rolls. Oh, so if I don't like the uh, patterns on your shirt, I might challenge your vote. Yeah, and I, I could see this happening multiple times. I mean, this is a perfect way to create huge abuses. In fact, creating the very thing they're saying these rules would prevent. Uh, people aren't going to I'm going to like this. Not going to lay down for this one. Here's another one. Uh, One of these new rules requires a photocopy of ID or a driver's license number to complete a mail-in ballot. I think it's been made pretty clear that a lot of folks, especially in more rural areas, well, they don't have driver's licenses in many cases, or, or a picture ID for that matter. Right. Or have access to these documents that they would need in order to even get one of these IDs. The point for me here is, again, we're treating the vote like it's a privilege, like driving a car or a fishing license. You're not treating it for what it actually is, a right protected by the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, I mean... Well, it's actually a hell of a lot more clear uh, than that Second Amendment thing the gun crazies all love so much. Yeah, you know what? That doesn't apply the way it's been interpreted at all, but we'll get to that. Another one here, uh, another one of these new rules, now bans organizations such as uh, voting rights groups from uh, sending absentee ballot applications to voters. Part of the reason there was such a huge groundswell of informed voters this last time 
was due to the efforts of grassroots-level organizations helping to uh, facilitate folks to get that vote counted. Well, we can't have that. I mean, if people actually go out and vote, we're fucked. Quick, mind the harbor. <laughs> I mean, these new rules, they don't, they don't play very well, you know? It's been labeled a revenge bill, so <laughs> just to give you an idea of the energy there. But how is this making it better again? Because I'm missing something. Oh, it's way better for us hood-wearing toeheads. Well, and, and here's, here's a killer, this one. It removes outside ballot drop-off boxes. So we question your ID and the validity of your ballot. And if you can get through that bad video game gauntlet, then we tell you, you'll have to walk about 57 miles to a polling place and then maybe wait in line for 10 hours. As you might know, friends, Georgia already passed legislation uh, cutting early voting time and uh, ending uh, Sunday voting, guaranteeing that lines uh, to vote now are going to be insufferably long. And now people can't even hand out water to the people waiting in those lines. Now, on this uh, last one, the, wa the water thing here, one of the reasons this came up was not because of the water, but because of the folks passing out the water and soliciting for their candidate at the same time. That one I actually get. The uh, selling of your candidate needs actually to stop inside the perimeter of the voting area. So, so a, a good answer for that is to have an area set up, a non-branded area, where folks can get water if they choose to have it. You know, why don't we make it so if you do actually get to the polling place to cast your actual ballot, you'll have to stand in a booth filled with murder hornets. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that was in their first draft. Yeah. Come on. Really? How is this preventing fraud, exactly? Well, obviously, if no one votes, we're protected 100% from any fraud, bro. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Actually, it's pretty ill. With a little demented and diabolical stinky sour grapes on the side. Or, as our president just said... It's sick. It's sick. Couldn't put it better myself, Mr. President. So, again, all this uh, supposed voter fraud, which was uh, perpetrated, of course, by the orange guy in a now historic fail to uh, steal the past election, it's, uh, it's still being passed off as some huge concern we all have about the integrity of our uh, voting system. Yeah, it's kind of like the church. <laughs> you know hey you yeah you you got all kinds of problems and demons and sin all over you but you're in luck pal because we're the place that will get rid of all those things we just told you you got that you don't really got but shut up sit down and open your fucking wallet same as it ever was heavenly shell game Wow. I, you know what? I think you just titled our next show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, great. Do I get a royalty or something? <laughs> no, sorry. But you do get a copy of our latest film, The Cannibal Horror of Mr. Potato Head, live from Vatican City. Oh, love that one, bro. That confession booth scene with the vegetable peeler and the rubber nun. 
Oh, just amazing. Well, friends, it's uh, it's no secret that uh, the the gun violence thing is still going on. In uh, recent weeks, we've had a number of tragic shootings across the country. Actually, more than have actually been reported. As uh, we were recording this thing, uh, another one happened in Orange, uh, California. Five people shot in that one, including a small child. The reason I return to this topic, sadly, beyond the tragic uh, event of itself, is, is this chorus I keep hearing. Take this gun and shove it? No. Nice sentiment, though. No, the thing I keep hearing, and frankly, I've been hearing for decades now, is... Well, we do need to look at uh, gun control issues, but uh, now just uh, isn't the time. So when is it time, exactly? Well, it'll be about the same time as we figure out a way to get rid of that whole voting thing. Yeah. I gotta tell you, though, this disease is on both sides of the aisle. Both parties seem very, very reluctant to address this. Why? Well... Money. (laughs) Money, sure. Also, though, the power the NRA once levied really was significant enough to get many to just, uh, you know, wring their hands and say, oh, how terrible it was, and someday we hope to not have to answer questions like yours anymore. But now that the uh, NRA is uh, crumbling from within with all sorts of lawsuits and uh, bankruptcies, it's uh, a little harder to justify keeping quiet and do nothing about this stuff. I mean, seriously, do we need to have uh, grenade launchers or weapons that fire 22,000 rounds in a second for home protection? I don't know, bro. What if the guy breaking in has a Sherman tank? Yeah, you just might want that surface-to-air missile launcher you bought on sale from Walmart. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, too. At what point does it stop? I mean, seriously, I know several folks who uh, own firearms, even collect them. These are responsible people. They're not the issue here. The issue is that at present, it's easier to get an AR-15 or whatever than it is to get a driver's license. Something's a little lopsided about that, to say the least. The thing I keep hearing about is the public sale as opposed to the uh, commercial sale. Yeah. Seems like all the focus on regulating these things is on the store. And of course, it doesn't apply to uh, gun shows or uh, public sales. I, I mean, these background checks only work if you actually have them. Because I guess the guy who shot those 10 folks in Virginia Beach bought uh, at least one of those uh, weapons the same day just across town, where the restrictions, of course, did not exist. Well... When I was uh, looking for stuff about this topic, yeah, um, I found this nugget from 1991. Put your good ear to what this former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Warren Burger, said about it. Hold on to your bullet belt. If I were writing the Bill of Rights now, there wouldn't be any such thing as the Second Amendment. Which says? That's... Uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of the state, the people's rights to bear arms. This has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud, I repeat the word fraud, on the American public 
by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Now just look at those words. There are only three lines to that amendment. A well-regulated militia. If the militia, which was going to be the state army, was going to be well-regulated, why shouldn't 16 and 17 and 18 or any other age persons be regulated in the use of arms the way an automobile is regulated? Holy carp! Well, you know what? That'll be fighting words for some, undoubtedly. But uh, the, the the part that stands out to me is... Besides the fraud. <laughs> clearly. No, it, it's the idea that if indeed you're going to have this, quote, well-regulated militia that they're always talking about, then, just like everything else that is, quote, regulated, you test for competency. The other point I want to make is that the, the, the term uh, militia... Let's take a look at this, shall we? Applies to exactly what it means. A federally regulated and highly trained group. Sorry, not five fat guys usually bearded and bald for some uncanny reason, all dressed in camo looking for any reason at all to wave a gun around. Yeah, no. Well, it's time to put the family-sized pack of bazookas away and head down south of the border. Well, the border of sanity and whack-bat bazaar, anyway. Dateline, Daytona Beach. <laughs> it's getting so spiffy with those billboards. <laughs> Only the best for us, bro. <laughs> Christian Eugene Mosco came up with what appeared to be a surefire way to win his criminal case in which he was accused of threatening or extorting John Hall's Chevrolet. Mosco just declined to file criminal charges against himself. Only problem is, Moscow can't do that, uh, for at least two reasons. First, he is the person being charged with the crime. And second, Moscow is not a prosecutor or even a lawyer. And your point is? <laughs> Moscow, 47, is now facing a slew of additional felony charges that could send him to prison for decades, including impersonating a prosecutor, and practicing law without a license. <laughs> Moscow is listed as a transient in an arrest report, but his current home is the Volusia County Branch Jail, where he is uh, being held without bail. Now, those charges are on top of the second-degree felony Moscow has already been charged with uh, for threats of extortion uh, after investigators said he emailed John Hall Chevrolet in Daytona Beach in May of 2019 and demanded $50,000 and a 2019 Chevy Malibu <laughs> in exchange for not revealing two years' worth of sales records containing customers' social security numbers. Moscow said he found the records... But Volusia County Sheriff Mike Chitwood told a TV station at the time that he believed the records were stolen. On September 26th, an announcement of no information was filed in Moscow's case. An announcement of no information means that the prosecutors have decided 
not to file charges against someone. But Laura Panzerino, an employee in the office of the Volusia County Clerk of the Circuit Court, saw the filing and thought the no-info announcement was suspicious because prosecutors had already filed an information form against Moscow, meaning they had charged him. The correct document would have also been filed by an actual prosecutor and not Moscow. So naturally, Panzerino alerted the prosecutors. (laughs) Good move. So uh, how the hell did he... uh... Well, Mr. Keynes, it appears that Moscow used the names and Florida bar numbers of prosecutors Danielle Fields and Andrew Urbanic to file the fraudulent no-information form according to a charging affidavit. Moscow got a copy of a no-information form from someone else's case and fraudulently altered it. Then, Moscow digitally filed the document via the Florida court's e-filing portal. Thomas has charged Moscow with two counts of falsely impersonating a prosecutor, each a second-degree felony, by the way, practicing a law without authority, third-degree felony, two counts of fraudulent use of identification, each a third-degree felony, fraudulently acting as a state attorney, a third-degree felony, and uttering a forgery in the form of a fake no-information form, a third-degree felony. Seventh Circuit State Attorney R.J. Lariza said... He had never heard of a case in which someone had filed a fraudulent document through the court's online system. But Larissa said the system has been adjusted so someone could not pull the same thing again. Well, I gotta hand it to him. It was stupid. With a little dumb on the side. Dateline, Melbourne Beach. In October of 2018, Tampa-based treasure hunting company Seafarer Exploration announced it had hired Dr. Michael Torres, a brilliant, wounded war veteran receiving a Purple Heart with Oak Cluster, to help them out with finding buried stuff. In January of 2019, Torres made the uh, front page of Florida Today and appeared on Fox 35 Orlando wearing an Indiana Jones-esque hat and announcing he discovered an ancient Peruvian burial mask washed up on Melbourne Beach. It was all fake, Kyle Kennedy said, CEO of Seafarer Exploration. This guy can spout this stuff off like no tomorrow, he said. Absolutely none of it was true, but unless you're an engineer, you'd never know that. Torres said the mask is authentic and that professors from Harvard and Columbia had authenticated it. He shared emails from those professors in which they said the mask appeared to be Peruvian. But both professors told the Times that they had not authenticated anything and would not do so without seeing the mask in person. They said that they were only commenting on the style of the artifact in the photos Torres sent them. Seafarer filed a lawsuit in Hillsborough County demanding Torres pay back $96,583 in wages plus $6,986 charged to a company expense account. I guess uh, part of those charges went to fabricating the mask. 
Uh, they also want him to return his more than 61 million shares of Seafarer stock, worth around $520,000. The lawsuit accuses Torres of presenting a fraudulent resume that included two tours of duty in Afghanistan, a long list of medals and multiple degrees, including a bachelor's in electrical engineering from the Citadel, and a doctorate in aeronautical engineering from Duke University. The lawsuit contends Torres flunked out of the Citadel with a 1.3 GPA, and Duke does not even offer a degree in aeronautical engineering. (laughs) It also says that Torres lied about being an adjunct professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Contacted by the Times, Torres said it was his boss, Kennedy, who'd padded Torres' resume to make Seafarer look good, but that he'd gone along with it. He said he never claimed to be an Army veteran or have a doctorate and was simply an engineer hired to do a job, but was not given the proper resources to do it. So I suppose that $96,000 isn't the... I don't know what that was. Anyway, they want to discredit me because it somehow serves whatever scam they're pulling, like the election. I'm sorry. Torres also said he'd soon file his own countersuit against Seafarer. Torres said he did earn a degree from Citadel and served in the Air Force. Contacted by the Times, the Citadel said Torres left in 2003 without graduating. Military records show he was forced out of the Air Force Reserve Officer Training Corps that same year for poor academics. There is no record of Torres attending Duke. (laughs) Torres said... He was glad to be done with Seafarer and happy to no longer be paraded around in a charade. I have all my own evidence, he said. It will all come out in court. (laughs) Where have we heard that before? Oh, God. I think they all go to the same school to learn this. Him, the pillow guy. Anyway, now Ware said he's worried Torres is starting this con all over again. Because last month... A man introduced as Dr. Michael Torres, Ph.D., appeared on ABC News 4 in Charleston, South Carolina, touting, quote, a major discovery of coins, cannonballs, and other Civil War artifacts in Charleston Harbor. I'm telling you, friends, if I was still living in that flim-flam paradise down there, I would have no doubt met this asshat, and not only that, probably be doing a series of audiobooks for him that I would not be paid for. Hell, man, he'd probably invite you out on his amazing 890-foot yacht Yeah, that he got from J. Edgar Hoover when he was in the FBI. So true. So true. All right. Last, but certainly, at the end is this lovely item. Dateline! Clearwater! Mark O'Donnell posted a video to Facebook in which he showed off the family's annual Thanksgiving tradition of thawing the holiday turkey in their backyard swimming pool. (laughs) O'Donnell said that he closely examines the packaging before tossing the bird to ensure that, of course, none of the chlorinated water seeps into the meat. He made no mention of the fact that his pool is probably also full 
of coronavirus. But so it goes. Yes, it's stories like these that have us pondering the seemingly unanswerable question... What the fuck, Florida? (laughs) And with that, waterlogged and kind of stinky query, we'll call it a show, friends, but not before thanking... Sabra May for exquisite ideification, and the always precocious Nico Lane for pronouncements. Thanks, as always, to the Lord of Limiters, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on and all that. Pleasure as always. Oh, and, and be sure to keep an eye out for a big orange guy selling MAGA hats out of the back of a seafoam green 73 AMC Pacer. <laughs> Indeed. Another quality public service pronouncement from Fusebox. And uh, forewarned is forearmed. Or maybe eight armed, if you happen to be the very popular arachnid demographic. Well, we actually do have good numbers with the insect demo. Yeah, mm, I've heard that. Yeah. Thanks, as always, to you, friends, for uh, pushing play on this edition of the show. And, as we always say, if you uh, haven't as yet done so, please rate, review, and subscribe to the program wherever you may have found us, be it Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or the very OnSug itself at O-N-S-U-G dot com. That would be grand. And, of course... Much appreciated. I have been your drifting off the Isle of Longerhands host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse box.